So this has been quite a quite a morning already. Um, <laughs> uh, our brother uh, Fees and I have come from various places in order to be here this morning. So uh, this morning I was up in Keystone because last night we had a Foursquare leadership meeting and they wanted us to come spend the night up there. And so I did. And uh, as often happens with me in high altitude, it's about 10,000 feet. I have a hard time, uh, especially sleeping at night. My heart starts racing and I get all flushed feeling and, and just the, the, and so I drink tons of water to counteract that. And then when I do, then, you know, the results of drinking lots of water keep, keeps me up at night. But that's nothing compared to what our brother Feast had went through last night. He was doing a concert in Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas, last night, last night, concert ended at midnight. And then he went to go visit with some of the pastors and leaders over there. And they were talking until three or four in the morning. And then he got enough time to go catch a plane in order to be here. So, you know, for some of us, it cost us to be here today. Uh, but I think we're in the right place. I think we're in the right place. Praise the Lord and amen. Well, today I want to invite you to open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 is where we'll start. Hebrews 10, 23. This book of Hebrews is so interesting. And I think there are some people that don't like having the book of Hebrews in the Bible because it just kind of says things in such different ways that counteracts some people's theology. But uh, I do believe it is a wonderfully strong Word of God. And we need the Word of God today. All Scripture, all Scripture is for our encouragement and our exhortation and our rebuke. And today I don't have a great thing of rebuke to say, but I do have an encouragement to say. I hope that uh, makes you happy. The book of Hebrews really is like a sermon, honestly. It's like someone just got up and preached and somebody with some fast handwriting wrote it all down. I love the way how in certain parts of Hebrews the, the writer goes... It says somewhere, and then he quotes a scripture. Well, that's how we are most of the time. You know, somewhere in the Bible it says, rather than quoting the, the verse exactly. So, you know, this Hebrews guy, he, he was a lot like us. But he had the word of the Lord for the people. And he was writing to the Hebrews. Okay, that's why it has the name Hebrews. He's writing to Jewish people, mostly in Jerusalem. <coughs> or if they had been banished to exile somewhere else. The the church center moved from Jerusalem to uh, another uh, city not too far away at some point when the persecution became so bad and when uh, Rome came in and destroyed the temple. But the Jews were facing a unique kind, the Jewish Christians were facing a unique kind of persecution. Christianity had grown and had strengthened and faith in Jesus was kind of generally accepted around the uh, among the Christians and the Jews all knew about Jesus and so they were okay with it but there were people who were religious Jews who said you know that Jesus stuff is okay 
and He shows you how to live a good life. But really, if you want salvation, you have to do the sacrifices, you have to be circumcised, and you have to follow the rituals. Because what they were saying by that was the salvation really is in these other things. Well, (laughs) that is actually not uh, just an old, old idea. Because as you look through the history of the church, you see that concept coming up again and again and again. And one of the, historically speaking, one of the greatest examples of that, and we live with it today, is in the Catholic Church, it was believed that salvation came through the church. Of course, Jesus offered us salvation, but it was mediated, it was offered through the church. So there was no salvation outside of the church. And there were a few people who read the Bible, actually, and saw a different view on that, Martin Luther being one of them. But he came in a line of other uh, leaders as well who read the Bible and said, no, we are saved by grace through faith. It's the grace of God that brings us salvation, and it's our faith, our belief in Jesus, that allows us to do that. So, in Hebrews chapter 10, we are coming to the climax of this sermon, where he says, we boldly can enter into God's presence through a new and living way. And what's the name of that way, people? It's Jesus. Can I hear everybody say it? Jesus is the new and living way. It's through His body that was crucified and His offering up of Himself. That's where our salvation comes from. It's not by being good enough. Now, when I say that, I want want you to know I think being good is important. I don't want you to just go out and be bad because, you know, and, and Paul addresses this in Romans, Just because I have my salvation, now I can go do anything I want. No. In fact, Hebrews very strongly says, Jesus suffered and died for you. If you turn your back on that and keep on sinning, then you're, it's like you're forcing Jesus to be crucified again for you. Can't have that. But we can boldly enter into his presence confidently through a new and living way. And we are made pure. And it talks about the sprinkling of the blood on our body and our soul and our conscience. We're made clean and made new and made pure through Jesus Christ. Can anybody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. Now Jesus is a guide who walks with us. He takes us through the valley of the shadow of death. He takes us through all of our uh, confusing things. And now we're coming to verse 23. And I'd like us to just look at this exhortation. Since he has made this way, since Jesus has made the way for us to come into God's presence, don't let go of that, he's saying. Hold fast. Hold fast without wavering because he is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Could you just read this verse with me? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Who's the one who's faithful? Jesus is faithful. 
So the exhortation today is to hold fast. And this encouragement that I want to give today is let's not consider Jesus and something else as our road to salvation. It's Jesus alone. It's Jesus alone. Let's hold on to him. He is our hope and salvation. And as I said in in the life of these Jewish people, the religious opponents were trying to get them to go back to their rituals of the historical Jews saying that, well, your salvation comes through Jesus and rituals. And I'm saying, no, the Hebrews is saying, no, it's through Jesus alone. Now, we have a need to hold fast because there is persecution. Now, we don't face outright persecution today where someone's trying to kill us. Although, I have to say, church, we can't just smugly take that for granted like that would never happen here. In the, if you look at history, at the time of Rome, the Romans thought there is no way we're going to ever be troubled by those barbarians from Germany and France. And guess what? They faced it time and time again, and eventually the Roman Empire collapsed. And those are all the rich, uh, high aristocratic people of the, the Roman Empire. And we see this thing happening again and again. In Germany, prior to World War II, they thought there's no way we're going to have to face that kind of thing again. We finished with the war. We're done. It's not going to happen again, but it did. And the horror and the hell of that war, we still feel the tremors of it today. It can happen. It can happen here. So I just want to say, we need to wake up and not just assume that we're going to be able to float along through our lives without any trouble. But there is another kind of persecution that you and I face. And it's the persecution of the care of this world. You know the parable of Jesus and the sower? He goes out and he sows the seeds. And in some places, the seed went in, it found root, it grew right up. But then there were weeds that popped right up with it. And that's, <laughs> that's what you and I face a lot here. Our, our growth is there. Our, we're coming up, but we're not bearing any fruit because we're paying all attention to the troubles and the cares of this world, and they take hold of us, and it kind of beats us down. Well, we have a video I want to show today that talks through the idea of persecution and how we need to learn how to be ready to be fruitful in the midst of persecution. Man, who can have victory over God? Nobody. No man is going to ever have victory over God. But in Jesus' name, he will be victorious. So today, I want us to take a moment. Uh, We're just going to kind of free flow here today. This afternoon, we have some baptisms. There are four people being baptized. And they face a different kind of persecution than what we've just witnessed. They, They face peer pressure. They face family pressure. Uh, Some of these young ones are facing, they were told, you can't get baptized, you're not good enough. 
They're told that by their peers. They're told that by their family. You can't get baptized. You're not good enough. Now, <laughs> what's wrong with that way of thinking? None of us are good enough. Not any of us. Not even my wife, who's really, really good. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody's good enough. <clears throat> but there's this idea that, well, you got to be perfect if you're going to get baptized. Now, behind that is probably a good sentiment. You know, you really got to be serious about baptism. But here's what I'd like us to think about, and I want us to pray in just a moment here. I want us to pray for the four people getting baptized. I want to pray that they will follow Jesus the rest of their life. You see, that's the thing right there. They follow Jesus. Not they're going to be perfect, but that they're going to follow Him. And that they will never abandon Jesus. They will always acknowledge Him, seek Him, embrace Him in their life. Because that's the only hope for any of us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So would you all just stand for one moment? I'm going to ask my dad to pray. And I want to introduce uh, the four to you today who are being baptized. Uh, a woman named Nicole who lives down on Colfax and Moline. Uh, Nicole has a rough life. And she uh, is taking this step to really try to seek God and pursue Him. Then there's uh, a young woman whose name is Destiny who's getting ready to go into the Navy. And the Lord has a plan for her and she's become part of our youth group and everything. And then there's two sisters... One named Esther, one named Monica, who are really sweet, seeking God with all their heart, and they want to stand boldly for Him. In fact, I just got a text this morning from Lori saying that Monica has send out, sent out a message to all her friends on Facebook to say, if there's anything I've done to offend you, would you please forgive me? Just to get her heart ready for today. That That's the good stuff. That just makes it worth it right there. Would you pray over our baptismal people, please? Dear Lord in heaven, loving Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with grateful hearts. We are thankful that we are found in this place and that we are given the opportunity in freedom to worship you and love you and serve you. Our thoughts turn this morning to China and places like that where there is persecution. And Lord Jesus, we just pray that you will have mercy on the Christians around the world who this Lord's Day are standing up for you. Oh, Heavenly Father, give them the courage and strength to endure and to follow you, Jesus. And that also for us, Lord, we are given the freedom today. And Lord, we just are grateful for that. But help us to remember, Lord, that things are not may not be so easy for us sometimes. But Lord, we lift up these young ladies, four young ladies who are taking the step in baptism. Heavenly Father, this is important to make a declaration of their faith. Lord, it's so important that they do this and they live this life to follow you with all of their hearts. Lord, this is important just not to be distracted and not to be sidetracked in any way, Lord, but really to follow you and be totally dedicated to you. And Lord, that's our prayer too, because we who are 
uh, older people have known the Lord for many years, Lord. We are an example. And help us in, in not in any way to show anything except that of following you and being faithful to you. So help that to be our motto in this church and people like us. Heavenly Father, once again, we lift up these young ladies that they would be totally dedicated. And even though they face some opposition and even persecution from their homes, Lord, we just do pray that they would be faithful. Lord, we remember you, how we, how you said to your disciples, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Help us to do that, just simply to follow you with all of our hearts. And once again, bless this baptism this afternoon. In the name and in the blood of Jesus, we ask. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you so much. I would like to encourage you to keep that in your prayers. And if any of you uh, want to come today, it's a wonderful time for us as a church family to come. So here we are. We're looking through Hebrews chapter 10. And we, we've, we've looked at hold on. Okay. Hold on. There's persecution. There's opposition. There's the cares of this world. And the worst thing for us is the materialism and the distraction that swirls around us all the time. We've got to hold on to our faith and to Jesus. And then after that, in the next verse, it says something about we have to stir one another up to love and good works. <laughs> Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. So I want to just obey this word right now. We're going to do this together. We're kind of a little bit off the rails, different kind of church today. I want you to volunteer. How can we stir one another up to love and to good works? Any ideas? How could we help each other right here to love each other and to encourage love? And how could we encourage? Oh, yeah, Bill's got a microphone, so we just want to get it for the time and eternity on the recording. Okay, how can we how can we encourage one another towards love and good works? Any ideas? Secret is in the sauce. The seeker secret is secret in the, is in the sauce. Tell tell me what you mean by that. Oh you know um, um you know we we can say all this but it uh you know this and that uh makes uh, good works and but the secret is Jesus Christ, so uh, that's the sauce. <laughs> so if we have Jesus in our lives, yes, yeah, so we can. Good works can be a lot of different stuff, you know. Uh, you know, uh, you, you never know. You never know when you, uh, uh, what's going to be uh, turn out to be a good work. It's the the uh, tree is determined by the fruit, you know. Yeah. So, uh, okay. You know, uh, Jesus said that, and uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Zim. Any other ideas? Yes, Nelda. Let's give uh, Bill some good exercise today. <laughs> uh, I think a really good way is to encourage one another. Yeah. You know, sometimes we don't know our own gifts. Mm -hmm. uh, we might know one, or you know, sometimes we have no idea <clears throat> what a blessing we are to someone else, or just a word that's spoken, or just a smile, or anything, and and just. Just build each other up. Yeah. And, That's right. And be sensitive. Pay attention. Yeah. I mean, I think this probably goes on to say don't let any bitterness, to, uh, you know. It does, yeah. 
uh, get started among you. So, anyway. Very good, Nelda. In fact, someone might have a gift that they need you to call it out. To say, hey, you have a gift of such and such. Have you, do you know that? And you declare it over them and then that gives them courage to go, okay, I'll, I'll live in that. I'll start, I'll start to do that. That's good. Yes, Beth. I'm actually going to practice it right now instead of saying what I think. Okay. I'm going to talk to Aliyah right there and encourage her because you have a very sweet presence of the Lord in you and you just really encourage everybody to want to worship. Um, and today when you said that you worship before you worship, I just want you to know you made me jealous in a good way. You made me want to worship the Lord twice instead of once. <laughs> so, there. There's my... Amen. That's it. Good. Aliyah has one. Thank you, Beth. Um, so, I do this at work, and I'm trying to do it with youth group, um, is that sometimes life is frustrating. Things happen. People don't support other people. People anger other people. Um, but like with my coworkers, sometimes when they're frustrated, I listen to them and then I try to remind them of what makes their coworkers so great and what their strengths are and how to appreciate and communicate to the other person. Um, and I think it's important to do as a church body um, just to be reminded of what how the other person enriches your life. And maybe they messed up today. <laughs> But that doesn't mean you just throw the person out. Right. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, we're part of the body. You can't just throw out your eye because it's a little bleary one day. You're going to hold on to that. Well, I want to share a little story. Thank you for helping me preach that point. We need to stir one another up to uh, love and good works. We need to encourage each other to love each other. That's, I think, what Aaliyah was pointing out right there. We need to help each other, love each other. So when some one of the sisters starts talking about another sister and kind of complaining about it, we need to help each other get off that train <laughs> and learn to love and, and just encourage to love. Because, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. It says, how can we, just ask a question, how can we love that sister better? Rather than participating in the gossip, how can we... How can we love each other better? I want to share a little illustration. There was a man named George Crane, who was actually a columnist and a minister from years ago. He tells of a wife who came into his office full of hatred for her husband. She said, I do not only want to get rid of him, I want to get even. Before I divorce him, I want to hurt him as much as he has me. That's a nice Christian thought, huh? Dr. Crane suggested an ingenious plan. He said, go home and act as if you really love your husband. Tell him how much he means to you. Praise him for every decent trait you can think of. Go out of your way to be as kind, as considerate, and as generous as possible. Spare no efforts to please him, to enjoy him. Make him believe you love him. 
After you've convinced him of your undying love and that you cannot live without him, then drop the bomb. Tell him that you're getting a divorce. That'll really hurt him. <clears throat> With revenge in her eyes, she smiled and exclaimed, Beautiful, beautiful, will he ever be surprised? And she did it with enthusiasm, acting as if. For two months, she showed love, kindness, listening, giving, reinforcing, and sharing. When she didn't return, Crane called, Are you ready now to go through with the divorce? Divorce! she exclaimed. Never! I discovered I really do love him. Her actions, this is a big secret of life, folks, right here. Her actions had changed her feelings. Motion resulted in emotion. The ability to love is established not so much by fervent promise as often as repeated deeds. You might not feel loving towards somebody, but if you just act loving, God will help change that feeling you've got. Amen? So let's spur one another off towards love to, be, to encourage. You might not feel loving that person, but act loving and see what God does with your obedience. Actually, it's an act of faith, really, when you do that. And I want to give you another illustration for you animal lovers about how to spur one another on towards good deeds. This came from Reader's Digest. One morning, a man wrote, I opened the door to get the newspaper and was surprised to see a strange little dog with our paper in his mouth. Delighted with this unexpected delivery service, I fed him some treats. The following morning, I was horrified to see the same dog sitting in front of our door, wagging his tail, surrounded by eight newspapers. I spent the rest of that morning returning the papers to their owners. You know, a little encouragement goes a long way. If we can encourage people toward good deeds, it'll stir them up to do more good deeds. You follow what I'm saying? So, just very practically, church, we need to be doing that with each other. Encourage each other toward good deeds and toward love. Amen. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And then the next verse here. Not neglecting meeting together. Now, you guys are the faithful right here. You come to church every Sunday and you come through the struggle, through the trial, you come. And I trust, like some people haven't been feeling so great today, I trust that through the service and through the offering up of praise that there has come a refreshment to you. I declare that over you in Jesus' name. Headaches be gone in Jesus' name. That you feel refreshed. That you feel enriched. And you go away saying, you know, I'm so glad I came to church. My wife and I talk about this a lot, uh, where we're so tired. Oh, I just can't manage another visit today. But we kind of scrape ourselves off the couch and off the floor and jump in the car and go there. And by the time we're driving home, after the visit, we say, you know what, I'm so glad we did that today. I just feel so encouraged. 
May that be our fellowship together. Do not neglect meeting together, as is the habit of some. There are some people who, it just takes a little something to distract them from coming to church, coming to the gathering together. I want to encourage you to really step it up, be regular attenders of church. Now, you guys are already regular, so I don't know what I'm saying to step it up to. You're already regularly attending. But I want you to, I guess, cultivate an earnest desire to always be together as a church. We are going to have opportunities going into the future for more and more uh, gatherings together as I'm anticipating the release of the power of the Spirit in our midst. I'm looking forward to some really good things in about a month and a week from now for an impartation of the power of the Holy Spirit into us. I hope you all plan to come to that. That's in November, 4 and 5. It's a Friday night, all day Saturday, right here. I want to encourage you to come to that. Uh, Donna's going to make an announcement. In fact, why don't you come up right now, Donna, and announce uh, about something we're going to be doing on two Wednesdays a night. Here she comes. Everybody, let's have a little hand clap for Donna. Okay, so as you know, in Light of the Nations, we never do, we always are doing stuff different. We like variety. We like to be moved by what God is moving in. And so we've been having every, um, the first and third Wednesday has been a prayer meeting here at the Cherry Creek facility. And we are now, um, going to continue to meet here on the first and third Wednesdays, but it is going to be more of a service, more of a time to hear from God, more worship, more um, still praying, still seeking God, still petitioning Him, but it will be a wonderful opportunity for us to hear from different people and Maybe one of you, or who knows, will be um, the speaker on a Wednesday night. Um, we want to see us grow in what God is anointing us to do. And being together um, in the middle of the week to do that is going to be very powerful in seeing what God's going to do. So, that is not this Wednesday but the following, the first Wednesday, so 5th, October 5th, will be our first Wednesday to be here for um, worshiping God together. And I really want you to pray. I really want to see, this will be a time afternoon service, morning service, we'll be gathering here together to, to worship and praise Him together. So please pray about that. Because it's very exciting and important, and you don't want to miss it. I promise, you don't want to miss. Also, um, Andy mentioned this, but today is also our baptism this afternoon, and it is just amazing. And if you can come to really intercede on behalf of 
people being baptized and be there to worship with us. That would be um, really great. I also want to report that we have $200 for our Nepali boy. So we need 200 more for his education. Um, and so let's just see what God does with that. If you miss a sermon or if you loved it so much, Bill has been able to put this on a podcast. A podcast is something I click a button on my phone and something comes up and I listen to it. That's about all I know. So if you want to know more about how to do a podcast, how to get to a podcast, Bill is your man. But you can listen to the sermons now that way. And is there a link on the website, Bill? Tomorrow there will be a link on the website for the podcasts. How easy is that? So if you miss or if it was really good and you want to share it with someone else um, or you want to listen again that's the way to do it now okay yeah one of the points uh, I would like to explain about that Wednesday night service there are people who have to work on Sunday they cannot attend church on Sunday so we are offering this service for them as hey they can have church sometime in the week so we're going to start with it two Wednesdays a month we hope that it will build I hope I'm asking God that this place will be filled and just, you know, wall-to-wall people worshiping and praising God and hearing a message from Him uh, on the Wednesdays of the of the month. And Pastor Feast is going to be the overseer of these services. He is actually already working on them right now. So I'm looking forward to seeing what God's going to do in these in these times. Check out the Light of the Nations Facebook page and see what's going on in our church. Now, as we come to a conclusion, would you all please stand? And I want to share this word with you as we close. This is an exhortation from chapter 10 of Hebrews. Take this personally to you. You need to persevere. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and he will not delay. I'm looking forward to the coming of Jesus. Not just for his final and ultimate return, but for him coming to our church right now and bringing his presence here. But my righteous one will live by faith. Now here's a warning. If he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But (laughs) we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Church, we are not going to shrink back. We're going to move forward with the encouragement and faith that God gives us to become who we're supposed to be. So we're marching. We're marching forward. Let's do it together, all right? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up the light of His face upon you, each and every one of you, and give you shalom, the peaceful favor of God in Jesus' name. Amen.